Welcome to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing with hot topics, best practices, exciting guests, and innovative ideas. Market Chat is an ongoing series that provides an open and collaborative interaction between government and industry to ensure that our listeners walk away empowered with greater knowledge on how to better market to their targeted federal, state, and local audiences. Really excited about today's program. We have three amazing guests, which I'll introduce to you in a minute. And we're talking about public sector distributors, ensuring our listeners have a good understanding of how the channel ecosystem works, how best to take advantage of the many offerings that they have that you may not be aware of. Let me introduce our guest today. We have Tim Hannon, who's the Vice President, Public Sector Solutions at Tech Data. Welcome, Tim. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. We also have Maria Moore. Vice President of Marketing of DLT Solutions. Hello, Maria. Hello. Thanks for having me, Luann. You're welcome. And we have a returning guest to Market Chat, Rita Walston, Senior Director of Marketing Programs at MX Group and Aero Company. So I'd like to welcome you all to the show today. I think what you'll learn as you're listening to today's program is a lot of new data, a lot of new insight into how these wonderful distributors that are our friends and our partners and our family um, can help us in our government marketing and our sales as well. You're going to be able to apply what you've learned today to start taking advantage of the many benefits that government distributors offer. Distributors are a vital part of our government marketing ecosystem. They bring innovative government-ready solutions that solve the many unique needs of our government, in addition to having superior public sector expertise that I really recommend you all take advantage of. You'll learn today how to best collaborate with these distributor partners, as well as how distribution channels work. What is a one-tiered distributor versus a two-tier? We're going to talk about that. We're also going to learn from these pros how to surpass your co-marketing metrics and sales ROI goals. We all want to do that, and a lot of us are paid by that, so I'm looking forward to that segment. We're also going to gain insight on distributors' value-added customized marketing campaigns, I bet you a lot of you that are listening today have no idea of the expertise that these distributors can bring to you and help you with your marketing. So we're going to cover that. We're lastly going to talk about sales enablement tools. You know, while we talk to a marketing audience, really everybody's marketers. So the messages that we share on Market Chat are good for not only marketers, but for salespeople and for business development people. And there's just a plethora of what I think are very useful sales enablement tools. Now, I worked for Tech Data back in the 90s. So while that's a long time ago, at the same time, I think the principles are the same. Would you agree, Tim, of what's offered? Very similar, but a lot of evolution since then. Absolutely. So, Tim, why don't you share with us as we get started kind of how you got to Tech Data and what Tech Data, what do you do for them? Sure. Unfortunately, it's been a long journey. (laughs) I mean, some later in my career. but That's uh, why you're here. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I started out uh, as a programmer, uh, worked for Digital Equipment Corporation for 11 years. Well, that's a blast from the past. How many of you out there have never heard of DEC? (laughs) Distributor? (laughs) What was it? Digital um, Equipment Corporation. Digital Equipment Corporation. Yep. So they're uh, they're morphed into a couple other organizations. So still some remnants of them out there. So I was with Digital. Then I went to uh, Ernst and Young for a number of years, six years, and then the last fifteen years I've been at Cisco Systems, and most recently here at Tech Data over the last six months. Wow, that that's a perfect career, right? I, I, there's that nice balance of OEM and distribution, which I think all of you bring to the table, honestly. Maria, tell us what you do for DLT and how you got there. Sure. I'm the Vice President of Marketing for DLT. I've been there about two years, but I spent the last 20 years uh, with various different software companies uh, in the IT space. So FileNet, Tibco, IBM, Red Hat, and most recently at Dell Tech and currently DLT. So it's been an interesting journey going back and forth between software and, and on the channel side as well. I'm sure, again, like Tim, you've got that nice balance. Yes. So that's going to really be useful as we talk today to help our listeners understand, because a lot of them may just be on the OEM side, or they may even be on other parts within government that we're going to be able to really help them understand. Rita Walston, tell us how you got to MXN, MX Aero, MX and Aero Company. Correct. Correct? That's something else we'll teach you today, listeners, that (laughs) MX was MX for many years. Now they're MX Group an aero company. Correct. Um, I started my career actually in media market research for new technologies way back in the day. Uh, also worked I in publishing. I won't make you say when that no, was. No, please don't make me say when. Uh, also did some work in publishing. I joined MX Group in 2008. Up until that time, MX Group would market itself to industry, but they were looking to stand up a capability to help the OEMs go to market. And how do you market to government? Uh, so I started with them in 2008. 
We were acquired by Aero Electronics in 2015, so it's it's been a it's been a wild ride. Yes, it has. I can't believe it's been that many years ago. That's four years ago. It just yeah. seems like everything in the market that we choose to live in goes by fast. It really sure. does. Well, you've all come from very impressive backgrounds, and I really appreciate you coming out today and, and helping our listeners really understand working with distributors. You know, back in the day, I can remember, and I think this is something that's still discussed today, is the different tiers of distribution. Um, back in the day when I worked at Tech Data, I would take our partners, I was responsible for federal systems integrators, and we would take these road trips. I found this place we could rent these like rock star buses movie star buses, and we would take them up to New Jersey to look at these warehouses. And I think that's something we should think about doing for a field trip for GMARQ because they're so impressive. And of course, Amazon now, I guess, has totally blown that whole coolness factor because they have bigger, better. How do you, um, Tim, when you think about two-tier distribution, one-tier distribution, and the one-tier are these mega organizations with these mega you know, football field size warehouses, how do you break out? How would you describe the difference between first-tier, one-tier distribution, and two-tier distribution? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. And yeah, certainly a lot of investments since, you know, just the warehousing days. And we'll talk a little bit about that throughout the show. But yeah, one of the key differences that I look at is, you know, in the public sector marketplace is a pure play and in broad-based, you know, kind of distribution capabilities. And I think some of the larger, uh, sometimes categorized as tier ones, multiple different markets, lots of different technology groups and software, uh, hardware technology services, integration facilities, things of that nature, and then when you get to a pure play, maybe market focus specific and or some subset of the technology plays. And, uh, you know, tier ones like Tech Data and others, I mean, they have that broad-based market presence along with, you know, the technology spectrum, services spectrum, integration spectrum of, of capabilities that they can bring to the table. So being fairly new, I mean, there are, there are differences in regard to what everybody brings to the market. And I think, you know, looking at, you know, what companies want to take advantage of, uh, there's the right partners out there to team with to get the job done. Just to look at that, and I'm sure, has it surprised you, or is it pretty much what you expected coming over into the distribution world? Oh, no, it was a big surprise, to tell you the truth. I mean, you know, so being from the OEM side for a large portion of my career, I mean, when I came over, I mean, uh, I, you know, in my old job, I was responsible for, you know, a lot of solution creation and development, and I really never looked towards distribution to help us solve those problems. Uh, you know, one is I, I I didn't ask the right questions. Number two, I don't think I was getting all the right information. But since I've been here, I mean, it's been a it's been a great eye opener in regard to the vast amount of capabilities that have been added to the portfolios of a lot of these distributors as it relates beyond you know the large warehouses. You know, the services capability. Uh, certainly a big surprise was, you know, what they're doing, you know, from a cloud perspective, mm. uh, you know, the integration facilities and bringing in, you know, lots of different uh, solutions that they didn't focus on before. You know, not pure IT, but with the advent of IoT right. and all the different devices that will be out there that need to be pulled back into, you know, common infrastructure. Uh, that is something that uh, is a big uh, development across the board for all of distribution. You know, one of the things you touched on service, so are the big distributors and probably even the, the mid-sized two-tier distributors getting into software as a service and everything as a service, I would imagine, which is a great value to government. 100%, yeah. You know, and I think it's a little bit different play where, you know, there's there's a, it, it's similar of a, you know, a distribution play that we had from a hardware perspective. Uh, you know, we're an intermediary, but we're providing all the operational kind of capabilities that are needed to perform in that market where the mm -hmm. solution is be de being delivered by, you know, the standard large uh, software as a service or uh, application or cloud providers. But again, a lot of companies can't step up to the operational requirements that are needed for the back-end subscriptions, consumption, different type of purchase options that our customers are looking for and distribution starts to play that role and fill that bill and, and those investments are quite large and we can utilize that on the, to the benefit of all our customers. That's great, great insight. And a lot of times from our programs on Market Chat, new ideas come out for new pieces of collateral or knowledge tools for us to give to our students at GMARQ. One of the things you talked about was before coming to distribution, you didn't ask the right questions. So I think that it will be very good after this show for us to talk and, and find out what those questions are so we can offer that out to our community. So they are asking the right questions. I agree. I'm okay. happy to do so. You have some homework to do. Awesome. <laughs> Rita, anything to add to that? Yeah, I would say, you know, you need to look at distribution as the partner in the whole system. So when we have Arrow... Imix Group was what we called an aggregator. In some instances, we worked as the reseller. In some instances, we worked as the distributor, really going more toward the channel, though. When we uh, were acquired by Aero Electronics, it really gave us the capability to bring the broad range of capabilities to our OEMs, to our partner community. 
including the ex as a service. And it's really about those relationships then, too, so mm-hmm. that when you have these OEMs, when you have the marketers at these OEMs, where are, you know, wh- who's peanut butter and who's jelly that you can bring right. together? And they go in as a solution because we're finding more and more at the government that they don't want to buy things piecemeal. They want to solve a problem. So I think the distributor can really help the OEMs identify who else is out there that you come in with a with a whole holistic solution to help them solve a problem. And that's where marketers can really step in and help is how do you pull that together to to show that it is a holistic solution to a problem and not just a bunch of piecemeal products. I love that. And that goes into, I know we're going to talk a lot more about marketing uh, shortly, but that ties into what we teach a lot in GMarkU is economies of scale. So a lot of marketers don't have big budgets, but if they take what they do have and map it to other peanut exactly. butters that are out there, one right? One plus one equals three. Yeah, I love that. And that's something I think these uh, our listeners, you know, really think about that and, and talk to your salespeople and your sales leaders about potential um, other companies that you could collaborate with on marketing. And I think that's a win-win for everybody. So that's really good information. Great. All right, well, let's move on to the next. This is, you know, when we think about the... Um, the ability for the distributors to really help with marketing power. And sitting here today, we have Maria and Rita that are, you know, the top of the scale of marketing powerhouses, you know, in the distributor channel for pulling together. You each have large teams and you're juggling a lot of things at the same time, but you're also bringing really good strategy. And I think that's something that our marketers out there that are listening to us today really need to understand. We all see great marketing that's very tactical. And we talk about tactics are great, but tacticals come after the strategy. So first off, I want to get your opinion because at your level of leadership within your company, you're able to bring strategic direction to your partners. Yes? No? Maria? Yes. I think one of the first uh, things you have to consider is you have to define what success is for you and your and your partner. So you, there are so many different types of technology companies that are approaching distributors. They can be uh, large teams, small teams, but you really have to decide what are you going to measure and how are you going to plan it out according to what you really what your goals are. Um, you have to understand what your yearly goals are, your quarterly goals. You also understand how the different sales and marketing entities are going to work together. You want to make sure that they understand are they looking for brand awareness or they're looking for lead generation or are they looking for access to contract vehicles, government agencies, market intelligence. You really need to understand what they're, how you're best able to help them. Just like Rita mentioned before, it's all about understanding and leveraging the channel ecosystem. Mm-hmm. The more, it's not just about doing individual campaigns. It's the ability to push these campaigns down through the channel partners. You also want to make sure you understand what you're going to measure, how you're going to share it, what's considered a best practice, and make sure that there you understand the SLAs between the sales and marketing oh, teams. Amen. Yes, and the SLAs both on the industry side, but matching to what government is expecting, right? And I think that's a whole nother training class around how to meet those SLAs. I think those are critical. And I think you're spot on. We see a lot where younger marketers, and I would say younger marketers five years or less, they're really good at the tactics, but they really need that help with that strategy. And a lot of times they are a, what we call sole survivor. So they are a marketer of one without that resource to really understand that. So I really stress those of you listening on the phone today that are young in your career and really want to know how to set strategy, team up with your channel partners on the distribution side, because you can't go wrong with that. Absolutely. And just to kind of play off what Maria was saying, what I would tell anyone who works with me and, and my goal is really to become that trusted advisor. Love that term. That broker of capabilities. And it truly is about collaboration. It's about sitting down with the sales leadership to identify what is the overall goal and agree on what the overall goal is. And then as Maria said, how are we going to measure that? Um, One of the things that I I like is to sit down with all of them, bring in the younger people. If, If you're a younger marketer and you have an opportunity to sit in on some of those sales and marketing meetings, Sit and listen and take notes. Don't just sit there and wait until it's like, okay, where are my to-dos? Mm-hmm. You want to listen about how is that collaboration happening? And being as a trusted advisor is to say, okay, if you're looking to do this or that, here's a good path. A lot of the OEMs we work with, um, public sector may only be 10 to 15% of what they do. Right. So they don't 
really know the public sector. And it really can be a great resume builder to learn the federal market, to learn the state and local market, and learn what works well. But it is all about that collaboration and being that trusted advisor. And then by a broker of capabilities, I mean, you may not be able to do it all in-house, but there are so many resources, so many different companies. Federal News Network is one of them. Exactly. That can help you go to market, that can help you get the word out, whether it is brand awareness, thought leadership, lead generation. How do you leverage those relationships within the market to help you be successful? And who better to learn that than working with your distributor partner that not only has leaders such as yourself, but you've got a team of people that can help teach that. A lot more to talk about that because we didn't touch yet on the whole ROI tracking. So we're going to come back to that, but we have to take a break. You're listening to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing, brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Interact and network with your government marketing peers at GAIN 2019 the premier government marketing conference happening on Tuesday, November 12th. The fourth annual GAIN conference will be a collaborative and informative event that will grow your government marketing knowledge while helping you accelerate and innovate your 2020 government marketing planning. Become a gainer by registering today at thegainconference.com and take advantage of early bird pricing through June 30th. Welcome back to Market Chat, brought to you by Government Marketing University, where we bring clarity to the clutter in government marketing. I welcome you to this Federal News Radio program, which is part of the Federal News Network. Today, we're talking about how our marketing and sales from the OEM perspective can work better with their distributor partners. And we have three experts here with us today. And welcome back. We have a lot more to talk about. Thank you. So this last... uh, segment we really drilled into, you know, what is distribution and what can distribution do uh, to help our listeners? But there's so much more to that. So we're going to really delve in a little bit deeper on that. We closed the last segment talking about marketing, but I really want to drill in on the part of tracking the metrics and the ROI. Every marketer out there, especially if they are reporting to somebody at a corporate office, is very metric driven. Um, The only place I would say that might be a little different is if you work based here in D.C. for a government contractor. It's a little different. But most of our marketers are having to be judged and a lot of times paid by the number of leads they bring in. And that drives me nuts because it's not about the leads, right? It's about spending your dollars the best possible way to eventually help the pipeline. Uh, We do a lot of coaching with marketers to teach their corporate marketing, that just because you do a webinar in June doesn't mean you're going to see a sale in July, right? And that's all part of that setting expectations, which I think the distributors can do as well because you have a lot of commercial customers. So I think that's a whole other discussion that I'd love to get into at some point. But realistically, listeners, as we delve into how a distributor can help you with your marketing campaigns, and we'll talk about the broad-based campaigns that you're running already from a distributor standpoint that your OEM partners can join into. But more importantly, as a marketer, think about what you need and how you want to get there. And I like to use the analogy, or they not even an analogy, but it's real today, agency-based marketing. So often you have a new product that comes out or you have an upgrade on your product that's coming out and you think, oh, great, let's do a webinar and talk about it. And Rita's shaking her head because it drives yeah, us nuts, right? It does. So, I, my, my big thing with that, you are so right. Luann, you and I have had conversations about this over coffee. It's the so what factor. I, I want a webinar. To say what? So what? What are you going to say that matters to that government listener? What are you going to say that's going to resonate, that's going to help them solve a problem? And that, again, is where that collaboration really comes into play. It can't just be done you know, over email. You need to sit down, preferably face-to-face, and say, what are we really trying to accomplish here? And how is it going to help solve a problem? And how does it answer that question of so what? And I love that you called it agency based marketing because you know on the commercial side though I was called it account based marketing I'm like it's not about the account it's about the agency and what are the specific things that they're trying to accomplish and what are the challenges that they're trying to overcome and how can you help them to overcome it exactly and, and then they'll be interested in hearing what you have to say right right and then the other thing a lot of times that that some marketers miss out on is how can you best help sales you know, sales is our customer from a marketing perspective is the way that I've always felt. So if they are not caring about, let's say, 22 agencies, then why would you ever invite them to a webinar, right? You want to zero in either on a specific agency or agencies 
And then again, what you're saying, make sure you're saying the right message. So marketers, that's the first thing to think about is who does your audience need to be? And then you decide what is the vehicle? Is it a webinar? It might be better to do um, something with Federal News Network that they're really targeting and if it's a CIO audience, or it might be better to do just collateral that's facing and you're doing content syndications, but you need to think of your audience first. Don't think of the vehicle of how you're going to get that message out there, marketers. So please think about that. Um, and as that's being said, let's talk a little bit with Maria um, on how do you help your OEM partners with the ROI? I'm assuming your team is tracking that up front and then providing that in. And of course, then the whole proof of performance starts to come into play right. with market development funds. So tell right. us how you manage that. Yeah, sure. So when I was at Red Hat, I actually worked with DLT five years ago and pushed a lot of my campaigns that were also direct to my sales teams, but through the channel, through DLT and their channel partners. So one of the things I always look for as the vendor sitting on that side was we always want to know about the click-through rates and the focus on conversion rates. But at the end of the day, you really want to focus on the quality versus the quantity of leads and, and tactics. You know, that that's going to be one of our big, when we have our takeaways, quality versus quantity. Right. And it's also, it's, you know, even before you even get into the marketing plans, it's making sure your sales, marketing, and market intelligence resources are aligned and you understand exactly uh, what they want and what they need to do. You, um, most companies come to a distributor because they want their brand to be put in front of a, a qualified audience. Using a distributor means that we focused, we have a database that has a highly engaged... Which is the holy grail, other than right. case studies, but a, an active database that they can use. That's usually the first thing uh, a new technology vendor will say is, hey, uh, I hear you've got 700, 800,000 contacts. I want to send emails to everyone in that database. And we're like, no, 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 no that's not exactly that. how it works. You know, we, we spent so much time focusing on communities of interest branding. And, That's great. And looking at um, segmentations, targeting. So not just sending your, your message out to everyone in the world, but really focusing in on the on the agencies, on the uh, tar the titles. And I'm sure everything. the mandates, right? Exactly. The president's management agenda right now. Marketers just need to look at that and know what they should Tie talk about. Tie the program needs to the message to the customers. How are you accomplishing or helping them with their mission? How are you solving their problems? It's not about selling product X, Y, and Z. It's showing thought leadership in your content, in your engagement, and your follow-up. Um, another important um, item is making sure you understand and are working with a distributor that is easy to work with, that uh, is responsive, because sometimes you have the ability to be judged on how quickly can you turn around a quote? You know, how quickly are you engaging with customers? How many um, customers that are referenceable that you can also leverage and using your own internal resources? So, for example, DLT has chief technologists around our core domain. So, some of the expectations are that we're going to bring these. That's great. Uh, these, these because these smaller OEMs may have an expert in the field, but they're more commercial driven, right? That's so right. So, you're ready made government knowledge ready. So we can give them access to executives where we already have people in place and not only DOD and civilian agencies, but it's providing that, that relationship and also the, the thought leadership to provide the right message to the right, the right it's customer. It's the full package, right? That's the way to market. That's right. Yeah. Tim, what are you seeing on the marketing side at Tech Data that has surprised you or that you see is working? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, very similar to what Rita and Maria had talked about a bit. But again, I think it's that focused message in regard to, you know, what you want to deliver and the value that you're going to provide to the, you know, to the customer and, you know, really understanding their mission. And I think a big difference between, you know, enterprise and public sector is, you know, it's it's P&L versus, you know, mm. you know, community services. And so, you know, you got to really start to educate individuals and people within the company that, you know, they're they're driven by a different uh, underpinning uh, uh, foundational uh, to, you know, their jobs and what they do and the communities that they serve. So I think, you know, looking at that and understanding that, and, and it's very hard, I think, as Maria was saying, taking a lot of, you know, your standard corporate messaging or, uh, and Rita too, in regard to taking your standard messaging and applying it to this market, because uh, again, the underpinnings and why they're doing what they're doing is very different than what you do in the in the commercial and enterprise spaces. So I think, you know, Understanding that, having a key message, you know, key individuals, you know, again, it's not quantity, it's being targeted, you know, uh, having a value-based message, you know, getting those individuals interested and then certainly delivering on the back end in regard to the solutions and individuals that you can bring to the table that solve those problems. 
Yeah, I think a lot of the distributors as well. I mean, you have former federal executives, a lot of times either on your boards or on your staffs, and it's just great. Yes, Rita? Yeah, at Enix Group, I love we've got a market intelligence team. You know, Maria mentioned that too. So tell us what a market intelligence team does. So we have a market intelligence team, award-winning, number of analysts on, and they basically really delve into all of the data that's available about, you you know, you mentioned what are the mandates, which are the programs, what is actually funded, what are they trying to get done? And this is all publicly available information. But our team has gotten so good at it that it's not like finding a needle in a haystack. It's like finding a needle in a stack of needles. And, <laughs> yeah. and they know where to look. And they right. know then how to and take... And they do it happily. And they, they do it the happily. They're just, they're, they're kind of into that heads research. Explode, I know. Yes. And then... They really, what, what they say that they do is they cut down the time of the sales cycle, right? They get that information that it's available to anybody, but then how do you make it so that it makes sense, that it's actionable, it's not just cocktail conversation, it's information that's going to help that OEM shorten their sales cycle. So for example, let's say a, a marketer is told by their VP of federal sales, I want to start marketing around citizens' experience topic these days, right? And the marketer doesn't have a lot of data on that because their corporate office is not doing that because that's not a big concern. They come to a distributor and what do you say? I go to my market intelligence team and I say, so tell me which agencies are really involved with this, not just talking about it, but actively looking to engage in it. You know, and it could be something like around HHS where they say HHS is heavily involved with this. They're revamping. It could be census. You know, they want to make sure that they capture all the information that they can. So that market intelligence team is then able to go and they'll do what's called a targeted account profile. Mm -hmm. And they'll deliver that information that leads to a call list that leads to targeted lead generation. And again, it comes down to the so what. They're delivering what that agency is looking for, that agency-based marketing. But it's leveraging those individuals that really can delve into all of that publicly available information, but package it in a way that's useful. And all of your OEM partners, are they are there different levels? Or can pretty much anyone who is a partner of MX and Aero Company take advantage of that market intelligence? Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest ways they take advantage of it is, as you know, because you're part of it and Federal News Network is part of it, but uh, we're now planning the sixth annual Government IT Sales Summit, which will be November 21st. And kind of the highlight of that is in the morning, we have the civilian uh, budget briefing, and then we have the DOD budget briefing. And basically, our analysts work for three or four months to come up with 90 minutes of content about here is where you should go hunt. Here is what DOD is planning to do. Here's what the civilian market is going to do. And we typically have a ballroom full of 900 and some odd OEMs Busy and taking notes, I've noticed, every time I've been there with them. Exactly. Notes. And again, it's actionable information. As Maria was saying, you need to have those experts in there that can really tell you how to go drive revenue, how to drive business. Tim? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, having the market intelligence coming to us and helping out any size partner, you know, we've uh, we've realigned ourselves into, you know, markets, not a technology focus. So that's one of the changes that I made when I came on board. So uh, the public sector team is not technology focused. So explain they are that market. a little bit more. So, uh, so at the highest levels, federal and SLED, and then the sub verticals within that, our teams are, you know, that's what we focus like on. Healthcare, law uh, healthcare, yeah, state and local healthcare, all the sub verticals and verticals, okay. federal, civilian and defense, uh, intel based. Uh, and then, you know, we have leaders on each one of those organizations and really a lot of the things that, you know, Rita had talked about gathering that information and what's going on in those markets is the benefits that my team can provide mm -hmm. not only to the OEMs, but to internal to the rest of, you know, tech data. As I mentioned when you were asking me about, you know, the differences in distributors, I mean, we have a very large organization, you know, 14,000 people. How do I get all of those resources kind of aligned and ready to help, you know, the customers in the in the government space, right? And I do that by... Uh, the alignment that I have, the expertise that I have, the information and data that I'm gathering so I can take, you know, our standard offerings and retool them and deliver them to, you know, these government customers. Yeah, so one great thing about that, too, is when a technology company is coming to us, they either want to understand 
how many sled contacts or, or federal or intel, but sometimes it's also domain focus that they're interested in. So they want more technology information. They want expertise on being able to build frameworks and use case methodologies to make sure you can help them understand how other agencies are mm-hmm. implementing software and use best practices. Um, also, another key thing is, is to focus on several domains. Don't try to be everything to everybody. So a lot of us in here, you know, we may focus on anywhere from six to eight different domain strategies so that when our customers or our uh, technology partners come to us, we can show where we are, where we're invested, because you want to make sure you're investing in the right places where you can be successful. I mean, none of this is new to me, but I feel like it's new to me because we're talking about it, right? And I, I think you guys are like the, one of the best kept secrets out there. Best kept secret, that's not a secret. I'm not sure what the term is for there. I need to put my marketing hat on to think about that. But how would um, a marketer who is with a company who is one of your partners, and I can absolutely assure this probably happens, they don't deal with you. It's dealt with on their channel side. It's dealt with at their sales leadership side. The salespeople are probably engaged. But I'm sure there are times that the marketer is not engaged. How do you, as uh, the three distributors, educate your audience? How do you educate your partners on your offerings? Tim, I'm going to you first. Yeah, I think, you know, number one, it's, you know, from a standard broad-based marketing capability and the corporation sends out a lot of information and who we are and what we're doing and the evolution of the company. Again, I mean, I think you heard terms distribution, but it's more moving towards solution aggregation and what does that mean and what are the, you know, what are the capabilities around cloud, what are the capabilities around software as a service, uh, what are the, you know, capabilities around analytics and IoT, you know, mm-hmm. that that are all coming into the marketplace today and are very important. So you do that at the broadest levels and then, you know, within public sector, uh, it's again, it's a defining of the partners that are in our space because it's usually a subset of the total partner base that we're working with. And then you start to refine those messages for those for those specific companies and who they are and what they're doing. And then it's the fertile, the further sub-verticalization of those, right? right. We talked about that, you know, you know, who's doing what in Fed, but, you know, um, uh, doing things in uh, civilian versus uh, Intel versus defense, very different markets and very different solution, very different messaging. And then if on the public sector side you're dealing with state and local, it's it's totally different at that point, right? So it's, it's again, looking at those messages, you know, then refining it down to those individuals. And then we have, you know, very hand-to-hand combat. You know, we have people that are calling on those individuals and those companies all the time, and we got to make sure that they are well-versed in regard to, you know, what our capabilities Mm -hmm. are specific to those markets, specific to the solutions that we're bringing, and how we can help them you know, further their uh, their messaging and their footprint and their capabilities within those markets. Well, as you know, I'm a big believer that strong relationships build business. Um, I've done training and I have these challenge coins made, little metal coins that say strong relationships build business. And it's part of that trusted advisor and part of that collaboration. So I can tell you I've, I've built relationships with our internal salespeople, but then also with our OEMs and our partners. And I would say maybe five or six times a month, someone will reach out to me and say, you know, hey, we just have a new marketer join us, or, you know, there's somebody on the corporate side that would like to kind of better understand the public sector side. Could you meet with them? Could you call with them? And I love getting that because that tells me that I am that trusted advisor, that that collaboration is working. And then we'll just sit down and, and talk and I'll ask questions. What do you need to know? What can I tell you about? And kind of have that one-on-one to get them up to speed so that then when they're sitting in a room and there are all these acronyms that are getting tossed around and they're trying to just keep up. G-Mark, you has a cartoon on that. If you haven't seen it, go to our website. Oh, I've good. seen it. That's a great cartoon. Um, but that's a way, I think, for us to help bring some of these folks up to speed is just to be there as a trusted advisor and, and to mentor and yep. to help. Yep. So, um, boy, there's so much to talk about. But we need to take a break. And we'll be right back. So you are listening to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing. Brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Interact and network with your government marketing peers at GAIN 2019, the premier government marketing conference happening on Tuesday, November 12th. The fourth annual GAIN conference will be a collaborative and informative event that will grow your government marketing knowledge while helping you accelerate and innovate your 2020 government marketing planning. Become a gainer by registering today at thegainconference.com and take advantage of early bird pricing through June 30th. Welcome back to Market Chat by Government Marketing University, coming to you on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. 
I'm Luann Brossman. I'm the president of Government Marketing University. And in our episode today, we're talking about get in the game of multi-partner marketing with distributors. And we have with us today three guests who are all experts on the topic. So I welcome back Maria, Tim, and Rita. We've had great discussions so far, and we have a lot more to talk about. I have so much to talk about that we could just go through dinner if that's good. (laughs) Uh, But we won't. But we'll come back. I want to remind our listeners, as with all of our episodes on Federal News Network, on Market Chat, we come back after these are aired, and we provide you with the top 10 list, a top 12 list of the key takeaways. And we'll be doing that as well for this program. So look for that on our Government Marketing University website in about three weeks. And come back and visit often because there's always new resources on that site as well. Distributors. You know, one of the things that I have preached in all my presentations over the many years I've been doing this, which is 35, I believe, is go where government is going. You know, we hear all the time a marketer will plan to do um, a breakfast briefing in D.C. on their own. And usually it's Rita's raising her eyes. It's dismal (laughs) results, right? Um, And they put as much energy and time and money into it as if they were to come along with a distributor who is already doing an event like that, and they're a sponsor. Being a sponsor is just as good, not always, but most of the time, as trying to do something on your own. So we preach go where government is going, and the distributors are absolutely crack the code on where government is going. Everybody agree with that? Yep. Absolutely. And I think we've built the relationships with all of the different organizations. Trusted advisor, like you say, Rita. Exactly. And, you know, broker of capabilities. So if you are looking to crack the code on a particular agency, we probably know who is going to be out there doing something in that area. And the other way that helps is if you do it on your own, government can be very sensitive, as you know. They don't want to look like they're endorsing one particular OEM over another. So if you go where they are already going, where there are multiple logos, you can get your message across very, very effectively, but you might get a better attendance and a broader attendance by being there with other organizations, going where they're already going to be. Going where government is going. And I can speak from experience. um, The distributors absolutely care that your OEM partners are satisfied with what you're delivering. So you will go over and beyond to ensure that their experience is very positive and that the marketing ROI, which we all talk about and need, will be there. Exactly. So listeners just know that. Again, don't don't feel like if you have the possibility to work with the distributor, even if your company is currently working with them, but you're not from a marketing perspective, start doing so. Call up any of these three. Call them all up and figure out how you can jump on board with their go where government is going marketing for sure. You know, there's a whole other piece. So I really want to encourage uh, for this segment for marketers to pay attention as well as sales and business development and sales leadership, because there is just a whole other amazing opportunities for OEMs and working with distributors around sales enablement and service offerings that I think a lot of people kind of know about, but we have to keep reminding them, you know, about it because it absolutely is going to help them with their pipeline. So, Tim, I'm going to toss it over to you to talk a little bit about on the tech data side from service offerings that you guys offer and and what it looks like and what you're finding now that you're on the other side, what you wish you'd known when you were prior to coming to data. Yeah, no, 100%. I think... You know, if you haven't taken a look, obviously, you know, said it earlier, I mean, it's it's worthwhile, you know, understanding and 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 the breadth of what distributors can provide is pretty large. So I think, you know, you were uh, talking about some of the integration facilities that you visited in New Jersey. I mean, that's something that's been longstanding and, and a great capability. But, you know, things that have been added to that, you know, within field services and able to represent OEMs in regard to some of the life cycle maintenance that needs to take place on some of their equipment, that's an area that distribution has grown into. Um, you know, building out and helping our uh, partners build out uh, practices around security, around IoT, around healthcare, and different verticals. So we're investing in those uh, in those assets that will allow them and train them up in regard to being successful in those uh, in those vertical markets. So, um, you know, and then a large portion of what we've done from the cloud, I mean, obviously, as things evolve, it's not only just on-prem, it has to do with software as a service, but then also, you know, traditional cloud services is building, you know, the expertise and the systems and technologies and services that these partners can take advantage of by simply, you know, writing APIs to our platform. Uh, so it's moved away from being, you know, a, a marketplace to really a market platform hmm. uh, where, you know, uh, partners can come and participate 
and uh, you know utilize uh, a lot of the uh, the investments that we're making as distributors to do these interfaces you know, into these very, very complex, you know, software as a service or cloud providers that are out there. But then again, tying that solution into a practice that, that they may be building around security, around healthcare, around IoT and analytics, or, you know, public sector practices that they might be building. Yeah, I, I, you're spot on. Um, I'd like to have a little bit more insight. You mentioned the practices around the thought leadership topics. What do those practices look like? So, I mean, it's, you know, if you think about it, it's a, it's a, Within a vertical, uh, a partner may be building, you know, a capability around security, right? So security is a top of mind and, you know, something that government is very focused on today. And where you might have been a, you know, infrastructure provider, uh, you know, providing, you know, uh, pure compute and or, you know, other type of services, networking services. I mean, there is a requirement now to have a layer of security on top of that, depending on, you know, no matter what, whatever solution you're delivering. So, you know, through the uh, teams that we have, relationships that we have, I mean, we have, uh, again, an assessment capability to understand where the partner is today in regard to their technical capabilities and then the journey that they need to take to where they need to be and what we think the market requires. And then through that, you know, we help build out and have a set of tools, you know, both in line, online and uh, in person that will help those partners build those capabilities out and eventually be able to stand out and edge out from what right. they've been providing, right? So a lot of it is, you know, don't, you know, take quantum leaps into new areas, new technologies, start to edge out from what you're already doing and add a successful practice on top of that. So that's a lot of the services that we've been building out in various different aspects, both vertically and technology. That's focused. amazing guidance that you're offering. Maria, you're shaking your head like crazy. So yeah, yeah. What so you know. I had mentioned earlier about our, our six technology domains that we focus on. So cloud computing, cybersecurity, big data and analytics, business applications, IT infrastructure, and application lifecycle. Those are the core areas that DLT focuses on. And that's when, when we're working with new technology partners, those are the areas that they really want us to focus on. But other areas, and we talked a lot before, um, as a distributor, our ability to enable the channel is the most important um, aspect. But the other thing we also want to remember is that not only are we extension of their sales uh, sales team and channel team, we're also working with uh, all of our all three of us have a uh, public sector infrastructure that's built on all of our processes from accounting to our marketing to our CRMs that all help us streamline the process of sale and also to think about the entire customer journey. Um, but one thing that some of our customers are looking at, the end user customer, especially like the DOD and large agencies, they're not only looking for a good partnership with their distributor, but they also are looking for visibility into their, their licenses. So whether we're working with them on a tool like um, uh, a contract management tool, which gives customers instant visibility and access into how many licenses they have or how many activities are tied to a BPA or ELA. That's great. We've got to make sure that, you know, as a distributor, we really, there's, you know, we think initially of two customers. We have our ISV partner and the channel partners, but really the end user customer, you know, has to have the right customer experience, right? We have to make sure that we're easy to work with, we're responsive to all the needs and requests, but we can also facilitate and streamline the overall buying experience for all three customers. Because just like Rita mentioned earlier about relationships, people buy from people who make their jobs easier and who make a real connection. Yeah. And and you summed that up beautifully. But capture that because what you just summed up was, was perfect. One thing you said, which I realized we didn't talk about, which I think is a real advantage of marketers working with you is CRM. A lot of companies do not have the means, the dollars, the budget, or just the manpower for lead nurturing and drip campaigns. So do all three of you have those types of offerings for your government partners, being able to have a, a good, strong tool where the right. leads are going in and the washing machine? I like to think of it like a popcorn popper, right? You throw them all in there and as they slowly pop up, that's great. But if not, you got to keep putting on the oil, keep touching them <laughs> and nurturing them until they're all... You're uh, absolutely right. Customers. So we have the CRM. We work with Aliqua. You want to have the most up-to-date tools to make sure that all of that works. And I wanted to touch on a little bit of what Tim was talking about, the services. That's so important how it really is evolving. I loved how he said it. And I think that's with the CRM, the Aliqua, all of that, that it's really yep. a market platform. It's not a marketplace. I love that terminology, Tim. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> Feel free. Uh, <laughs> but um, so, for instance, one of the things now there's – the the government is going so much to the cloud 
but then it has to be food ramped. And, you know, so your distributor can help you get that that sponsor so that you can get the FedRAM. MX Group, Aero, just, you know, we, we were able to bring so much more to distribution after the acquisition by Aero. And one of the things that we've recently done is made an investment with OROC. And so now we're able to offer to the OEMs federal, federal authorization as a service. Wow. So to get them FedRAMped mm-hmm. more quickly so that then they're able to get into that marketplace rather than just, you know, that it is like a market platform. So those kinds of services, you know, a smaller partner, a smaller OEM may not be able to do on their own. But if you come to the right distributor that they've got that there, that's where their focus is. They've got your is. back, 100%. Exactly. You need. They succeed. The, the distribute, we succeed as MX Group Aero when our OEMs and partners succeed. Bottom line. That's that's a, a good way to end that discussion. I want to talk a little bit about proposal efforts because a lot of times in the smaller, talking smaller companies, the marketer at times gets pulled into that, right? And marketers, it just makes our brains hurt. Um, we are not capture managers. But what type of offerings do you offer? And you're, you're laughing and smiling. Dick, yeah. Tim, you get that, right? So what does Tech Data offer around that for your clients? Yeah, I mean, that's partners. one of the investments that we've made is, you know, a full government operations team. So, you know, uh, bid proposal, bid desk, uh, capture management, you know, project program management are all, you know, capabilities that we offer to our partner. And again, none of this is for us specifically other than that it gets delivered right. through us to our partners, you know, for their uh, end users. So, you know, a lot of it is, you know, providing a lot of the common denominator uh, response, <laughs> you know, sure. requirements because they are very similar across all different responses, but they are, you know, required. Uh, and then, you know, helping our partners develop the secret sauce on top of that for each one of their particular bids and having the people to do that. So it's part of that government operations teams where we have all those individuals that are available to our partners. But then it's also the vertical expertise that we bring to the table, you know, the vertical and subvertical, you know, alignments that we've made, which is, you know, some of the market intelligence that you have that you can help, to help hone in on the messaging for, you know, some of the specific partners that you have strategic relationships with that you're working with you know, on some of those proposals. Yeah, love it. You know, and, and marketers, think about, I just said we don't want to be involved in proposals, but on the flip side, I'm going to say the opposite. At times, try to insert yourself into proposals because you might be really upset or concerned when you see what they look like going out of your office. So just every now and then <laughs> pop in, take a look at them, seeing how they're how they're laid out, what the graphic design is. We have a lot of ambassadors at GMARCU. They're all former federal CIOs, CISOs, CTOs, SESers. And they talk about that, right? They talk about just what they see sometimes. So I think that's how marketers can help their sales teams. Well, so. and, and also, Luann, just to add on to that, um, for instance, Texas DIR, great state and local contract. There's actually a requirement in there that you must have a presence at at least two of their conferences over the course of the year. Isn't that something good for you as a marketing person Absolutely, to know? Absolutely, to share with Yeah, to right. show the value. You're already bringing a lot of value, but let's show more where you can. And, you know, the, now the movement towards video RFPs, that is coming. And I, I'm so excited, and I want to get my marketing hands involved in that. As I said earlier, listeners, there's so much to talk about here. And, and I'm really excited that we've had this discussion today because I do not know of any other time in marketing history that we've talked to distributors about how you can help marketers and making marketers understand. So really want to thank you all three for coming in and really sharing your insight. And as we wrap up, I'd like each one of you to share kind of your final thoughts to our marketers. And again, listeners, we're going to put this into our our document that we do as a wrap up. So Tim, final thoughts. Yeah, I would say, you know, as we talked about today, you know, if you're having, you know, or or have opportunity or challenges as you look at the public sector marketplace, uh, you know, whether they're small or large, if you haven't investigated distribution as a uh, as a way to solve those problems, uh, you know, look well beyond what you think they can do today and have the question, you know, as we were talking about it earlier, you know, ask them those questions because, you know, uh, distributors have morphed into solutions aggregators. I mean, that's what we've done at Tech Data. Uh, we brought a full suite of services around cloud, around SaaS, around on-site services, off-site services, investments with various different OEMs. So, you know, there's a lot more that they can bring to the table. And as you want to, you know, kind of expand out, edge out from your core offerings today, it's a very economical way to do that uh, and utilize the investments they've made and can make on your behalf. Great. Very strong. Maria, final thoughts. Sure. Um, And one of the things we've talked a lot about is the sales and marketing capabilities, but you touched a little bit on sales enablement. So I did want to talk a little bit more about that. 
Um, a lot of times people are so focused on what campaign are we doing here? What campaign are we doing there? But you also need to take a step back. As we talked about segmentation earlier, you need to think about when you're reaching out to your contacts, what are the things that you're doing before the lead actually gets past your sales organization and through the channel? You want to make sure that they have really gone through what we call a contact washing machine. So we always focus on not only uh, what did the lead do, but you know, we look at the demographics of the lead, the titles, uh, their web history, the events they've attended, the, the content that they have leveraged or engaged with. And before we push that off to the sales organization, when we're looking at a campaign, any effective campaign is going to have an ability to have a script out for the salesperson. So basically, what do you what do you want to do? What do you want to engage? And let them know exactly how to know respond. Know all that stuff up front. Right. But the, uh, my final thought would be that when you're looking at different types of distributors, make sure you pick a distributor, invest in a distributor that invests in themselves. That's great advice. Rita. So I would say as you're looking at distribution, remember, we don't have a product. Our product is making the OEM and so partner smart. successful. So really leverage us. Be curious as a marketer. Come to us. Let us be your trusted advisor. Let us be your broker of capabilities. Understand that we have a wealth of experience, expertise, and resources with one goal in mind to make that OEM sell more, to be more successful. And that so, makes you happy, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I love when we're accomplishing our right, goal. Right, So that would be my final thought. Be curious. Plenty of resources out there. Take advantage of them. You know, Rita, that's spot on. And thank you. And, and thank all three of you. Your final thoughts were spot on. Everything we talked about today was awesome. And I'm really excited to uh, continue these discussions with you. I thank our listeners for joining us today on Market Chat, brought to you by Government Marketing University. Brought to you on Federal News Radio, which is part of the Federal News Network. Interact and network with your government marketing peers at GAIN 2019, the premier government marketing conference happening on Tuesday, November 12th. The fourth annual GAIN Conference will be a collaborative and informative event that will grow your government marketing knowledge while helping you accelerate and innovate your 2020 government marketing planning. Become a gainer by registering today at thegainconference.com and take advantage of early bird pricing through June 